Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are engaging in a conversation about uh, stories, about our stories, about how often we make our stories all about us. But we also have a conversation, ultimately, about God's story, about how our stories are part of a larger story. And how, uh, as we get to know this larger story that we've been written into by God, that actually makes our stories make a little bit more sense. (laughs) So, if that introduction doesn't make too much sense, well, I think the conversation will. So, thank you for tuning in once again. We really hope you enjoy it. Well, Kevin. Hey, Aaron. Good morning. Welcome back to my couch. Oh, yeah, man. It's good to be here. For all you listeners listening auditorily, we're auditorily? On, a, on a couch. Yeah, with your ears. Auditorily. Is that how you say it? Uh, I think so. Auditorially? No, that's probably not right. Yeah, I think you audit- said it right. Yeah. If it's a word. <laughs> I'm just trying to make up more words. It's been a while. With your, <laughs> with your ears. Yes, the, this brown couch uh, does good for making up words, doesn't it? That's right. Old faithful. Yeah. Well, yeah, those of you uh, watching us, you can see that we're, we're back, and maybe the audio sounds a little bit better, too. So mm. we, uh, for, the, for quite a while, some due to just my own laziness, but uh, we, had, uh, we had some uh, broken sound equipment that we needed to get uh, sent back in and either repaired or replaced. Or restored. Or restored. They did not restore this. They just sent me new stuff. Oh, okay. Actually, they sent me... I, I sent it in to them, and then they were like, yeah, we'll send you another one, and then they sent me something totally different, and uh, it's sitting on my desk, and, and, and I contacted them, and I was like, I don't know why I got this in the mail, and they said, yeah, I don't know why you got that either. We'll send you the right thing. I was like, do you want me to send this back? I'm like, no, you can just keep it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is that like good? I suppose that's good customer service. They just... I don't know. They just send you new stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is. Yes, you're right. That part is totally good customer service. But we have been we have been restored. That's right, To man. our proper way of product was, doing our podcast. Product was broken, and and they came in and just restored it, fixed it. Dude. Oh man, it's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> what are we at? We're at like week seven or something of this this whole idea of this rubble restoration. I mean, it's seven, six. Yeah, sounds like that. right. Yeah, um, it's been it's been fascinating how much this this theme or this idea is is resonating with people. Mm. You know, this idea of of rubble and and restoration. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I got a uh, a note given given to me uh, by somebody coming to church, just saying, you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm being restored through the the life and ministry of this church. I mean, other people have just dropped that that the, those words to me at, at other times, just like you just did, you know, like uh-huh. we're being restored. Uh-huh. So I think it's, it really is resonating and it is, it is with me too, this whole idea of restoration and out of the rubble. Yeah, I feel like if anything, my ears are a little more like attuned to that kind of language and that idea uh, since we've been going through it as well. I don't know that I would have, you know, made that comment about yeah. sending in this equipment had we not been going through uh, this sermon series. And I think for me too, one of the things that really, brought to life was actually uh, when I uh, uh, went out to some of the ruins. And there's a handful of ruins around here, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but to record one of those communion videos oh, yeah, for yeah. a Sunday service. And 
you know, just, I mean, it's a really, uh, it's a pretty striking image, a picture, yeah. you know, ruins. Yeah. And, and standing in them and then realizing like, oh man, like, that's me, mm. <laughs> you know? That's one part of me. Yeah. Um, but then we have the piece of Jesus coming down and that restoration piece. And, um, you know, I guess anytime you've restored anything, you know, anytime you've lived with the frustration of something broken, like our equipment, yeah. and then you get to experience the restoration yeah. of whatever it was that's broken, whether yeah. it's your house or your, you know, tech stuff, whatever, or your, you know, your heart, your soul, or a relationship. Right. Like there's something really, really beautiful about that. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you were you were preaching this last week um, on the the whole idea of understanding um, like what what where we're at in the in the story um and 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 whose story are we are we part of are we just our own story as we live our lives or are we part of a, a bigger story um and we're gonna be we're actually gonna be using that language <laughs> a lot uh, coming coming up in the in a, in a couple of weeks as we uh as a, as a church are gonna be opening up a, a book called the story which is uh, most of the Bible put into chronological order, and so we're going to be journeying through that for 31, 31 weeks. Um, uh, but but the whole point of that is to get to know the great story of the Scriptures from beginning to end, all culminating in Jesus from creation to new creation, and seeing our lives in uh, as part of that story, written into mm. written into God's story. Um, and so you were. You were kind of teasing that idea already because of what Nehemiah and these returned exiles are going through. Um, yeah, do you do you want to just kind of recap that a, a little bit, or maybe put it in some different different words? Like, what? How did how did you get to that place by what we were reading in Nehemiah? Yeah, so um, in Nehemiah, uh, really chapters eight and nine, uh, you get this. Um, like pretty exciting, uh, heightened kind of worship setting. Um, so the people are back, they're in uh, Jerusalem, they've been there for a long time now, but now like kind of all those big projects are finished. The temple's finished, which is Zerubbabel, you know, kind of where we started our journey. Uh, the people have been uh, kind of spiritually rebuilt somewhat with Ezra's work, and now Nehemiah has finished the wall. So like everything is done, it's kind of a high point in the story, and uh, uh, they want to worship. They want to say, hey, like, thanks, God. <laughs> you saw these things through. It wasn't easy. Uh, there were lots of hiccups along the way, but, like, we're here, and, and this is good, and we're back. And as a part of their worship, uh, I want to say it's a seven-day, like, uh, marathon of worship that they have, wow. actually. Yeah. And uh, uh, in it, uh, they're basically going through the story of their people. And that's what chapter 9 is. So chapter 9 gives us, I think, a, a glimpse into um, what their worship uh, looked like, at least in part. You know, chapter 9 isn't the whole of what went on those seven days, but, um, but chapter 9 is basically a sermon, and in it, they trace back, I mean, story after story after story from God's act of creation uh, to calling Abram uh, to leading other people, uh, well, them getting into Egypt, leading them out of Egypt, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of this history of God's saving activity in the lives of his people. But what really struck me was that it says when the people heard the words of the law, the words of the Torah, right, that's the story, they wept. Hmm. 
And it's like, that's a strange, <laughs> that's kind of a strange response, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, basically the reason I got into story language was in part because I knew we were going to be doing the story yeah. here. So we wanted to drip that out. But, but also there's a, there's a precedent for it because they're doing the story in these chapters. Right. Um, and it really, I think it was the weeping of the people that made me think, just back on my own life, like, like we all do have our own stories. Yeah. We do, right? Like yeah. our lives are like stories. And I watched a lot of TV growing up, so okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, I relate to TV shows. And like, uh, there are times when I've like, just as I think of my own past, like I see it in like movie form, I feel like. Wow. All you right. know, like, okay. not that my life's all that glamorous, <laughs> but that's just how I think of it sometimes. Um, and, uh, but, but so like I can think of, you know, episodes, you might say, of my past where, man, my story, when I was confronted with God's story, mm-hmm. with the, you know, kind of like what he really wants for me, what he has called me to be, um, what actually he has called me even, you know, uh, thinking about those words, holy and blameless mm-hmm. from Ephesians. Man, I think of some episodes in my life where I'm like, that, I was not living that story. Uh. And that's where when you when you hear when you said being confronted with God, where you almost like like the Israelites, where you weep, right? Where you're kind of confronted with, oh man, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't live up to this great story, this great life that God has given to me. That all these opportunities, like mm-hmm. the way that He would desire for me to live as somebody holy and blameless in this world, and I chose this. Yeah. Like, what a, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, that's going to bring you to a place of, hopefully, of repentance, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't end there. Like, our God is not just a God who <laughs> shows us our sin, leaves us to weep, and then says, yep, do better next time. No, but our God is a, what, I mean, what we're hearing is a restoring God. That's right. So he brings us up out of that rubble, and he restores us to be the people that he desires us to be. And that's where we go, wow, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I cannot restore myself. I create rubble, you restore. Like, I mean, that's, that's it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happens for the people in the story of Ezra and Nehemiah, right? Mm-hmm. They don't stay weeping. Yeah. It, it finishes, I think it's like two verses later, you know, and, and they're being encouraged by Ezra and Nehemiah. They're basically being like, um, I forget the Hebrew word is basically to like to shush, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, it was odd to read that section in chapter eight too because it says something like they told him to be quiet. You know? oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think they're trying to tell him like repress your feelings, like don't emote. That's uh, not what they're saying. They're they're kind of they're shushing. It's almost like a child, right? They're like like you know it's okay, it's okay. Like, yeah. be, be, but like it's a calm down, you know. Yeah. Be calm. Uh, be still. Be quiet. Shush. Um, and then they tell them, don't weep. This is a, a day of rejoicing. This is a day holy to the Lord. And uh, it finishes this little section in chapter 8 saying, and the people went greatly rejoicing for they had understood the law. Hmm. Yeah. You know, So they understood the story. And that's kind of our job, right? Help people understand this story of Scripture. Mm-hmm. That it's not, like you say, um, just a book of this is how you're supposed to live, mm-hmm. you know? It's not, the Bible is not a, a, a how-to guide, uh, you know, for your life practically. That's not its main point. Its main point is, this is a story. Yeah. When we, and I, I, I've heard it said, and it's a, a little bit of a pun, but, you know, uh, when we look, we look at the Bible, it is, it is history. Mm. 
um, but it's his story, right? I mean, so you can make that if you if you like that sort of stuff, right? It's it's history. It's stuff that that happened, but it's his story. So it's a story of who God is. The the scriptures demonstrate to us who God is, who we are, mm-hmm. and what God does for His people and is promising to do. Uh, and so, so people throughout history, those who believe in God, have, have recounted these stories of God's faithfulness to an unfaithful people. And so we, we look at it and we go, wow, God, God, <laughs> he really is like, I mean, as the Old Testament describes him, slow to anger mm-hmm. and abounding in steadfast love. Uh, he, he just, <laughs> I mean, sometimes we read the Old Testament and we're like, Man, why is God? God seems so mad at people all the time. You're like, yeah, but the people are being stupid. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, <laughs> you know. Like they're just selfish. They're wicked. They don't like. They don't even last a, like any like any amount of years being faithful to God. I mean, in the story of Ezra and Nehemiah, it's already mm. gone like up and down, yeah. and this is like a hundred years. But then you think about your own life. And any given day or any given week, you know, you come to church on Sunday and you're like, oh, this is great, you know, it's so nice to be around people and hear God's word. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're like, on Monday, you know, you just wake up and you just hit the, you just start grinding and do stupid stuff. And a couple of days later, you're like, who am I? You know, like, yeah. I mean, we just, we fall apart so quickly. I mean, that is the sin, it's just rampant. And so, this is again. This is this is why we gather as Christians for for worship. Mm. It is it is ultimately uh, to be brought back together into this time of celebration, uh, and 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 have recalled for us the stories of God's yes. faithfulness, so that mm-hmm. we can look we look back to go, wow, God was faithful to those people. God has been faithful to me. God, that mm-hmm. must mean that God is still faithful to me today because he's promised that he will be faithful to me always, mm-hmm. right? Even into eternity. And so so that's where, that's where I mean, this is how our, our stories intersect with the story that God has uh, written and is writing um, and that, that we're part of, right? And so um, as we, as we, you know, read the scriptures and encounter God's faithfulness to His people. We can we we can realize that God is working in our lives in those same kinds of ways. Mm. You know, totally. Yeah, exactly. His work is not done. You know, right. it's the Bible. Uh, you know, it, well, I mean, it ends in Revelation, I guess, technically, yeah. right? As you're reading it, uh, you know. Uh, but also, that points us to a time that still hasn't happened yet. Exactly. So. Like. We can't conceive of the Bible as something that's already taken place, that's separate from us or distinct from us. Like the pages are still being written in a sense. Yeah. In terms of like God is still, he is still the sovereign king. Yeah. You know, that's, that's easier to see when we look back at like Daniel, like we did, right? Yeah. We see God working in these, in even these pagan foreign leaders. Right. It's much harder yeah. when we look at our world today and we look at Afghanistan and it's, and it's easy to be you know, maybe despairing or cynical or wonder, like, is God, is God present? Is God working in this? But you would, you would have imagined that the people, the people then were asking the same question. Exactly. Yep. And the pattern is look back at the story, chart God's faithfulness and, and know that 
he will keep doing that. Right. I mean, that's why they're always repeating that phrase of... of well, uh, and honestly, that's like the whole um, the biblical idea of hope mm. is often one... I mean, we always think of hope as just a, a future-oriented thing, mm-hmm. but a biblically-oriented hope is actually... It's both. It's looking back mm. in order to understand that what is to come is actually true because of what you've experienced from God in the past and what he's promised to do in the future, you go, oh, yeah, it's going to follow through. I mean, uh, it's the same thing with like people in your own life. I mean, um, if you've got somebody in your life that's super reliable and they've always, mm-hmm. I mean, none of us are perfectly reliable, but if you've got people in your life that have been reliable mm-hmm. in the past, you just kind of end up counting on if they say they're going to do something, you, you trust, oh, yeah, they're probably... They're gonna do it, you know. You have you have hope because they've proven to be reliable. I mean, I think God has proven to be reliable. Exactly. Yes, we see the character of God and can trust that character. I've also heard it um, uh, ex- explained this way. This was just a maybe like an image for faith, I think. But it was this idea of uh, the father holding his child and launching them up in the air, oh, yeah. right? You know, and and you look at the kid's face and. The kid's just loving it, yeah. right? I mean, they're having a ball. It's a blast. You look at, you know, maybe the wife or yeah. <laughs> the grandparents and they're kind of a little horrified, yeah. like, a little too high there, yeah. dad, you know? Yeah. But you know, as the father doing that, like, you're going to catch your kids. Yeah. You are not going to let them fall. Yeah. No way. You got them. Yeah. You're reliable. Yeah. Now, you know, like, I'm sure when I was a kid, I probably loved that, getting yeah. chucked in the air. It's a little harder to think, like as an adult, if there was a man, you know, uh, twice the size of me who picked me up and chucked me in the air, I would be horrified, you know, by that. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I used to, (laughs) I used to do that to my, I've always done that to my kids when they're little and when they're little, they, they just go for it. They just kind of trust. Yeah. uh But, and I never, I never dropped my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, you're right. But as they've gotten older, uh, they don't like me doing that. They don't, they just... They, I try to throw them up, and they just grab onto my wrists. So sure, there's, yeah, you know, uh, uh-huh. we just have that. I don't know what my connection is, but but it's just that kind of like sense of. I mean, I trust you, Dad, but I don't know if I yeah. <laughs> trust you totally. What, you know, and and we I, do that? I I think that's what Jesus. I mean, he doesn't throw any kids in the air, but I think that's what he's getting at when he tells his disciples and the and the crowd looking on when he's spending time with those children. Right. The kingdom is of such of these, like, if you want to enter my kingdom, you've yeah. got to be like one of these little ones. Yeah. And, and why? Not because, you know, like some denominations believe in like an age of innocence, yeah. that kids aren't sinful. Oh, if you have yeah. kids, you know that ain't true. Right. <laughs> um, but they're dependent yeah. completely. Yeah. Uh, and they do. You, like you said, when they're little, they'll just go for it. They yeah. trust you. Yeah. They have, there's no doubt in their mind yeah. of you know what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of, you know, that's what God calls us to himself to trust right like that god knows what he's doing right and he does right in in every aspect of our stories mm-hmm. right? um god is god is active and he's present and he's doing stuff i mean just before just before we hit record on this podcast i mean you and i were uh, just chatting about the the practical <laughs> realities of of finances you know and mm-hmm. um times of like uh, where we're kind of, you know, we were sharing stories of where we've been 
fight like financially at a really hard place, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing how you're going to make it, how it's going to happen. And then it, God, God just, you know, provides these little, I mean, we've had it where people just out of the random have sent us like a, a little financial gift, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it was, it was exactly at the time that we needed it, like the amount. And, right. and it's hard, like sometimes we, I don't know if you're, as you're listening, you're like, yeah, but that, that doesn't always happen. And I know that that doesn't always happen, but, um, I, I mean, I've just, I've experienced God's hand of faithfulness. My wife and I have my family where it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, I think our, our, our intent in the way that uh, just on the financial aspect, the way that we try to manage our finances is that none of this is ours to begin with. Right. Right. Like, even though I work or whatever and, and, you know, we talk about earning our money. Like, I don't think I earn, I don't think I earn or deserve anything, but what God has blessed me with is what God has blessed me with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's our, that's always our attitude about our finances or our material possessions, whatever we have, Mm -hmm. it's from God. So we, we, you know, we give back generously and just trust that God's going to provide. And he, and he, he does, He, he really does. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, and, and I guess whether or not the, the finances drop from the sky miraculously <laughs> or not, uh, that's, I, I share that as, as a way to demonstrate what it means to understand that our stories, we're not writing them ourselves. Right? Right. We're part of God's story. He is active. He's doing stuff. He's present with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think when we start to align ourselves with that reality, we're filled with hope and peace, even in the midst of the struggle and the uncertainties, because we know that God is faithful. Yeah. That's right. Well, and we want to, you know, like, that's to me when <clears throat> the story, our stories, get kind of exciting, yeah. you know, um, to think that the almighty God is actually interacting with me, yeah. you know, and that he is even writing my story uh, as well, and I kind of get to see like what's going to come next. Like, what's he, what's he going to unveil or drop, or and maybe it's going to be something really, really hard. Mm. But he's going to be with me in the story mm. as well, you know. And um, and so yeah, like even thinking about um, the financial thing, you know, and, and giving to God, you know, when we give our offerings, it's not like God's like, all right, guys, I really need your help, you yeah. know, like <laughs> I'm I'm a little low on funds here. Yeah. No, no, it's. It's really God opening up the opportunity for us to lean into that trust yeah. and that faith and actually live that story with him. Like, take him up. Yeah. He's, he's saying, I, I want to I provide for you. Mm-hmm. Let, let me provide for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so um, it's kind of freeing, I guess, in a hard sense when we do give to God, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, if you go the full, like, t- like tithe is kind of like the... I mean, that was like the Old, Old Testament precedent kind of sent. Uh, literally um, a tenth. A t- literally means tenth. Yeah. It's, I think it's intended to be a hard figure, oh, yeah. right? It's not like a, oh, yeah, I can give that easily and I'm still good everywhere else, yeah. you know? Like, it's supposed to kind of like push you a little beyond yeah. our, me- our comfort zone. Yeah. And I think that's partly what God is after when it comes to our stories. Like, if we, if we... I kept saying periphery in my sermon. That's like on the fringe, on the outside. If we keep God at the peripheries, our stories aren't, 
they're not going to be as exciting, I think. Uh-huh. And um, and we're going to try and maybe live more comfortably or in our comfort zones. But God is trying to actually get us to live uh, live a, a better story, yeah. you know, live in His story, and that's going to take us out of the boat yeah. onto the water, because when we do that, we realize, uh, you know, who is in control. Right. Well, I mean, I uh, not to dwell too much on the financial side of stuff, but there was a there was a season with my wife and I, our first couple of years of, of marriage, and I was going to school. We didn't have any income. I mean, it was super tight, and we didn't we didn't manage things well. We you know, we spent above our means. We went into mm. massive debt, um, and and we and we gave nothing. Mm. Like we didn't give anything away because I think we we were. I I don't know. I just looking back, we were just we were really dumb about our money. But I but also like we would go back and forth between like just just despair and anxiety about it, and then just be like, I don't I don't know. We'll take care of it some other day, and just. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but it wasn't. We just weren't. We weren't being faithful about it. We weren't giving because we didn't think we could, and all this kind of stuff. So, like it was. It was a looking back on it. It was not as a peace filled of a time as. Mm. uh, I mean, later on when we 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 tried to change things and uh, we you know got out of debt and some some debt and started having some income, but then we started giving and. I mean, we learned a lot of this through what's called Dave, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Yeah. But um, we we started we, when, once we started figuring out how to how to how to give uh, first, and then the, as a, as a trust aspect, like you've been saying, yeah. then there was a greater deal of peace in the midst of um, uh, even though like the finances still weren't there to really make ends meet or get ahead. It just <laughs> there, there's yeah. a it's a perspective shifting thing. Of like trusting mm-hmm. that that God God's got it, um, mm-hmm. and and like you said, when we when we give to Him on a, on a financial aspect or time or treasures, whatever it is, when we respond to Him and thanks and praise, then we we recognize um, who we are and what He's given to us. So totally, yeah. I mean, lots of lots of good stuff. Um, there's gonna be a lot more coming up in coming weeks, as we already alluded to, about aligning our story with. Um, mm. with other stories, some verbiage that we'll use when that time comes. But I think for now, Kevin, this is this has been a, a good a good little podcast. It's good to be back on the brown couch right. with you. And uh, as always to to you uh, listeners or viewers, please, you know, take something that you heard today, mm. think about it, journal about it, even better, start a conversation with somebody else about it and uh, see where the spirit uh, leads you in those conversations and know your story too oh. like this is my little plug you know, i don't know that we take a lot of time journaling you know like you said that's a great piece of advice think back on your life yeah. chart your story yeah. god has been writing in it yeah. you know and if that seems hard to believe uh, because of how your life has gone oh, i don't like Start praying to him. Talk to him about it. Ask God where he was in parts of your story. Let him answer, you know. Uh, uh, go to his word. Like, when we engage with God and, and, and really understand our story, I think we'll find, like, he has been actively writing in it mm. the whole way. So uh, it's never too late to, to get on that page and, and start seeing, you know, where he was uh, uh, working. So, um, yeah, know your story. And then when we know our stories, we can share them with others, too. That's true. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks, buddy. Have a great rest of your day. You too, brother.